0: Welcome to the High Bandwidth Word Podcast, Transformative Studies of the Word of God. I'm Pastor John Harris, and this is my podcast. Looking forward to this new season of studies, we're going to be opening the book of Hebrews and studying it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. This is an exciting book about the new covenant and the Lord Jesus Christ and all that He is. Grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks, and let's get ready to go. Fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 3 again uh, just um, verses verse seven down for a moment, and then we'll go into chapter four. Uh, I do have something I want to share with you, and then we'll, um, chapter four is actually going to reiterate in some ways what, what is going on. So in uh, Hebrews chapter three, verse seven, in the, in the, in the fact, that, in the context is that the writer of Hebrews is saying that we are the house of God, we are, that they are God's house, uh, and that they need to, verse six says they need to hold fast the confidence you know, and uh, and that would be, you know, Paul would have said, like, your hope, you know, you know, the blessed hope for you guys, in this case, their confidence, their hope, and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. So they need to hang on to it, right? And then he goes, wherefore, verse 7, so in that context, okay, and then there's an explanation about this, you know, what, what, what's happening or what the concern is. It says, as the Holy Ghost saith, so basically it's, Going back to Scripture, today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. You remember back when like, we went through the wilderness, Israel. You know we were all together. You remember what happened there? In the day of temptation in the wilderness, His testings, the difficulties. When your fathers tempted me, God, God says that they tempted me. They, they pushed me, proved me. Okay, they, they demonstrated who I was, right? And saw my works. What? 40 years, right? Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said notice that, by the way I underlined that generation because it's a group, right? They do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways so I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest, right? So because they fell, because they chose different paths, because they didn't do what God wanted them to do, okay, they erred in their heart, they had a problem, they didn't enter the rest and so then the writer of Hebrews explains what that error was in their heart. So, what was the problem in their heart? Take heed, brethren. Okay, so that was the end of a parenthesis. Do you notice that? That was a big parenthesis between for verses 7 to 11. So, back to verse 7 it says, Wherefore, and you go straight down to verse 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? Unbelief. unbelief. So, it's an issue of unbelief. In departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. So here so, oh, again, so he's talking. By the way, he says, "Take heed." What's the next verse? The next word, brethren. brethren. So he is talking to you know, God's children. Take heed, or lest there be an, in, in, in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. That is, you you will lack you lack faith really. Okay, in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of your of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. You'll be able to partake of it. What is said today, if ye uh, will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. He repeats it. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? So, who really grieved God? Was it not with them that had what sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? To whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. All right, so I think I need to give you a context here for, the, for what's happening here, because the, the analogy or the comparison, it goes back to those in the wilderness, right? Okay, so they were, they, they were, they were promised something, right? Okay, they were, they were to leave Egypt, but what, what did Moses say they were going to do? They were, they were going to go where? They were going to go from Egypt. Where? Canaan, the promised land, right? That's where they went. Where did they go, right? Is that right? That generation, according to the writer of Hebrews and the scripture, did they ever get there? No, that generation did not. They, because of unbelief and sin, because of unbelief and sin, they didn't make it. Right? That generation did not get into the promised land, all right? They didn't. Now a question for you, did every one of those individuals that didn't go into the promised land go to hell? Did they go to hell? Did every one of them go to hell? No. No, well you know, Moses didn't, right? He didn't get in there, right? Israel, again, as, as I've tried to say multiple times, they have two types of salvation. They have a physical salvation as, as a nation, and they have a there's a spiritual salvation to in the individuals, and then the individuals also have physical salvation. That is, they can have punitive things brought upon them, and then they, and you know, and they and they uh, get sick or they die or something like that. And that doesn't mean that God sent them to hell. Just like if you went to the, the well, let's look at one passage. Just hold your hold your thinking there, right? Can you do that? Put a pace mark right there. Go to uh, Mark chapter two. Just like if your sins are forgiven in the Gospels, it doesn't mean you get to go into the Promised Land. It doesn't mean that you get to go to heaven. If that's how we would say it. But they're not going to heaven. They're going to go into the Promised Land, Mark chapter two, because their sins forgiven is many times in the Gospels and in the Old Testament a physical forgiveness. Right. So Mark chapter two, in verse five, I've used this passage with you a couple times, and there's a couple places it's there's that's similar or the same event, it's hard to tell. Uh, but in verse, uh, there's, a, there's a person sick of the palsy, uh, very sick, and his friends take him, drop him down before the Lord, right? They rip a hole in the roof and they drop him down. And when, Je- verse five, when Jesus saw their faith, not the, guy on the, not the sick guy, okay, when they saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, so it's two different people there, right? Son, thy what? Thy sins be forgiven thee, so hey, Glad you came to Sunday school today. See my faith. You guys get all forgiven. That's not doesn't work that way, right? Okay. This is talking about he saw their faith, and so he had compassion on the guy on the on the on the bed, and he said, "Thy sins be forgiven thee." So that guy went into the kingdom then, right? What happened because of his sins being forgiven? Well, you have some reasoning here, all right. By the way, the reason well the reason the guy was sick, the palsy, was because. Israel was in, um, the, under the curse. That was, that was the curse. Deuteronomy chapter 28, you just swallow the things, the sickness, illness, problems, difficulties, Rome, or some, you know, you're, you're not your own, you don't run your own government. You're, 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 you're in captivity and all those things like that. That's because they walked away from God. God punished them physically. Paul says they were che- that the, the law was a, Schoolmaster, it spanked them, all right? They, they, they knew when they were out of the will of God because they got spanked, so It's just like a child, right? Today, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. We're no longer under the law, we're under grace. God treats us, we have what's called the adoption of sons, which means that he treats every member of the body of Christ as an adult son. You have liberty, but you have responsibility. You do not get spanked, you know, when that was alive, he, you know, he was in his 80s, he did not spank me if he didn't like what I did, right? Because I was an adult son. He may not be pleased or happy with what I did, but he didn't spank me, right, okay? Just, and that's, a, that's our relationship, just got pleased and happy with everything you do. But you don't get physically, you know, so if you're sick, okay, you get COVID, you get, uh, you know, you get itchy all over, okay? It's not because God's doing something to you, all right? We're part of sin curse creation, okay? And so that's part of it. Uh, we can bring our own pains and problems upon ourselves. You know, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to your flesh, you're gonna reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, reap life everlasting. So, so you know, there, it, it's a choice we make, but God's not bringing pain. He brought pain then. And here comes Christ along, and he heals how many people? Everybody that came to him. And so he was lifting the curse. Okay, he was demonstrating it was God because God brought the curse. So any God. And that's what we're going to read right here. That's what they're, that's we're going to say. Here's what the Pharisees and the scri- well actually the scribes say. it. Verse six. But there were certain the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but? God only. All right? And you might think, oh, he's talking about the soul again, but he's not talking about the soul. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reason with them themselves, he said unto them, why reason these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed, and walk. He equates them to be identical. It's the same thing. Your sins are forgiven or you're healed. Get up. Get walking. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And then immediately he arose and took off, right? It wasn't the guy's faith. It had nothing to do with the guy's faith. God was just lifting the, lifting the curse. They should have they known that God, he was, he was God, because he was taking away the sins of the people, a lot of the times that Christ is talking about those things or they're talking about those things in the, in the um, Old Testament is dealing with the physical uh, manifestation of being under sin. We want to know what happened to that guy? I was going to say, we don't know if he was he specifically soul salvation. Did every person, every person who came to Christ and healed them all, they all went, to, they went into glory? Probably not. Most didn't. Where were they, right? You know, they, they weren't floating around later on when Christ had his trials and tribulations. They, you know, it wasn't based upon their, 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 a person's faith. Christ was just healing. It was a demonstration to others that he is God. Okay, then they needed to recognize that he is the God, the Messiah, the Holy One, the Jehovah God. That's what they needed to recognize. And so whosoever hath the Son hath life. Whoever believeth on the Son you know, has life, has eternal life. But they needed to see him as God, right? And so when he healed them, they should have said, oh, you must be God. And there were some that did that, right? There were some that recognized that. You see testimony. But this guy, he took off and went. Okay. By the way, he did say, by the way, let's keep reading. And it means he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. He just sort of walked away. In so much that they were all amazed and glorified God. They glorified God, saying, we've never seen it, saw it in the sight. We never saw anything, I guess, before. So the issue is that there, there's a, it's a physical manifestation. We don't know. We'll go to John 20. Go to John 20. I think it's John 20. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lift all the problems about John 20 because everybody gets all concerned about John 20 and what Christ gave, Christ gave power to the apostles to forgive sins and, and to make a choice. You can choose to remit their sins or not choose to remit their sins. It's up to you, okay? He's not saying you get to send people to hell or in heaven. Not heaven, but you know, I mean to glory, okay? Into the kingdom. Look what it says because it's, it's about a physical issue. What did the apostles do? Well, I'll read it in a second, but, anyways, down in verse twenty-one. Then said Jesus t- to them again, John twenty twenty-one. By the way, to the disciples, the apostles. Then Jesus said, uh, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive thee the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins, ye remit; they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins, ye retain; they are retained. And so there is, a, you know, there is a church that takes that up and says, hey, look, we have power to forgive sins, right? That's not what it's, you know, if they healed people every day long, that's what it's talking about. That's what they're doing. If they're going for it. They could choose to say, you know what? You can just suffer in your problems, okay? You know, you, you, you don't like th- you know, like it or whatever, you know, by the way, and they did that. You know, when the, when the, uh, they, didn't, they didn't heal the, you know, the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees that attacked them, but, you know, in Acts chapter uh, was it three, two? No, go to Acts. I want to say two. No, Acts chapter three. Yeah, he gave, them the, he gave them the authority, the ability to do what he did. In fact, he told them that multiple times, you know, where, you know heal, heal them all, you know heal, you know, heal them. Well, now they had a special ability to, to be, uh, when he left, because he was leaving, that they were, because he, he gave them the Holy Ghost, right? He's breathing on them, basically saying, you now have this authority. Uh, before it was in his name, they, they can now choose to do it. Right? And, but it meant, anyways, t- take a look what he says here. Down in verse uh, uh, 2 of Acts 3, this is Peter and John. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried to whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms. He didn't say, Hey, I heard you knew I was over with Jesus. He didn't say that. He says, I I need some money. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He remitted his sins. He got up and walked. Now, what that gave is an opportunity for them to, to reach others. And he took him up by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and the ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walking, entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. So he went in with them to the temple, so who knows. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And, of course, you know, that the, the others did not like that, right, because he was doing it, in the, you know, in the name of Christ. So, so anyways, they were dealing with a physical remission of sins. When you get to Acts, in Acts 2, and it talks about, like, here's Israel gathered at the day of Pentecost, and they say, you know, and Peter slams them for killing, the, killing Christ and, and says, he's alive. The guys are in trouble. And they say, you know, men and brethren, what shall we do? And he says, well, you need to do this. As a nation, they need to have their sins remitted. Acts 2, 30, or 38, is, is, and 37, 38, 39, is a national promise as a nation. Now, you can't become righteous and go into the kingdom about individuals coming to Christ, but as a nation, they need to come to Christ, okay? And as a nation, they failed. Hebrews 2, or Hebrews 3 and 4 is dealing with this national remission of sins, this national problem. <clears throat> Anyways, go back here. So by the way, they, didn't all, they did not all go to hell, all right? Some did, <clears throat> but they did not all go to hell. Some, some did, you know, they, they were totally unbelievers, and they did, and other people were, were, were perhaps believers. I mean, not every one of them didn't, you know. Does that mean every person that came out of Egypt didn't believe in God? I, I don't, I mean, there were millions, a couple million people, right? You know, other than Joshua and Caleb and Moses and Aaron, that's it? <clears throat> I mean, Miriam, his wife, you know, there's a, there's a variety of people that, that were believers, uh, and they didn't enter in the rest. They fell because of unbelief. Moses fell to go into the land because of unbelief. He sinned, but it was unbelief. He hit the rock twice. He didn't do it God's way. So that, that, was, that was a problem. So there is a generation that missed the promise. All right? So here we go. So let me, I, I drew a little picture for myself today, sort of. It's a little scribble here in the corners. So here's the cross. There, so we're going we're to go to the cross. Okay? And uh, there was a, um, there's a there's a generation that you know Christ comes to the earth right um, he he comes and he preaches and then he ascends to heaven right okay and then there's a one year time period till you get to Stephen and the apostles are preaching actually the Holy Ghost is busy right Pentecost happens here all right and the Holy Ghost is 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 preaching through these men and Stephen is full of the Holy Ghost, he preaches there, they stone him, and, 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 and things like that, right, that, that happens. But right here is Hebrews, is dealing with a promise that Christ made here. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's that mean? Well, Israel will be healed. Israel as a nation will be fixed. When you get out the other side, okay that it's within what it means, it's within reach, you can get it, okay and but he said some things, hey the, it's, there's a narrow road, right? Many will you know try and they won't get there right it's, it's very and, and so he's talking about the difficulty of getting there, and you know they need the sun in order to get there. He is the way. he is the truth, he is the life. all right so this there's a generation of individuals because this is only four years. From the beginning of Christ's preaching to the stoning of Stephen is four years. It's a generation of people. The book of Hebrews is written to a generation of people. Let me think of it this way. When I was in uh, actually teaching with Ruth Lockwood, some of the like I, I did stuff with Ruth Lockwood for Bible school and things like that, but she talked, when, one of the things I remember that sort of stuck in my head, and probably Pastor Culp said it too, but I remember it from Ruth, that like when you read the book of Amos, if you've ever read the book of Amos, right? Or you read Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel, there is not. A, we look at them as books of prophecy because they look forward, right? But they were actually written to individuals at that time to affect, so there, was a, there was a reality of the truth for much some of it at that time. Like Jeremiah was yelling at this king and that guy over there, and this, you know Isaiah is saying things. There's a there's a meaning for it at that moment, because prophecy sort of has two aspects to it. There's the, the reality of what's happening right now. There's going to be a battle coming, and you're going to do something. You know, you're going to do something, and then but that's also a picture of like maybe the second coming of Christ. There's like a double double whammy to to the passage. The Holy Spirit shows us that when he re, you know reuses that verse somewhere else. And, and relates it to you know, maybe the second coming. So not only did you have a, a real-time impact, but a prophetic impact. Scripture's like, when Paul wrote the letter to Ephesians, who's he writing to? But in fact, you today too, right? It was about their issues, Corinthians, it was about their issues, okay, who wrote, the you know, Timothy, he wrote a letter to Timothy, okay? I mean, they didn't always know they were writing Scripture when they wrote it, right? I mean, they were just writing a letter, okay? It comes out that God identifies it after the fact, or maybe they knew at the time, but that it was Scripture. Obviously, Peter knew that Paul's letters were Scripture because he called them that, right? But they also were given that early, those apostles were also given some gifts, that you don't get, that you don't have, the gift of knowledge to know that this was God's or whatever, right, or, or not God's. The book of Hebrews is written to a generation of individuals and say, listen, we have a chance. We have a chance as a generation to be in the kingdom, to go into the kingdom. So that's don't miss it. You need to hope to the end. You need to be busy because if we're not busy, we're going to have... We're going to be, you know, we're not going to make it. It's going to, we're going to be just like those back here because of unbelief and sin. Didn't make it in the rest. When you read Paul's epistles, it's a done deal already. Romans comes along, and say, hey, Israel's been set aside for a season. So what we know is after this, by the way, after the stoning Stephen's, how long is it till you get to Acts 13 when Paul goes forward with the well. Uh, with, with the gospel of grace of God, all right? Where where we finally you know, he begins to go do his ministry. Because it says in Acts chapter thirteen, verse one, two or somewhere in there, that, that the Holy Ghost says, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas under the ministry that I have for them, go. And then you find in Acts thirteen verses forty seven, forty eight in there somewhere, where you see the first clear gospel preached without you know without the law of Moses, right? It says that. Acts thirteen is where we as a church, me personally also, believe that that's when God began to um, save people under the body of Christ. Other than Apostle Paul, I think, in Acts chapter 9. But anyways, how long is it, is it from, from Stephen to Acts 13? It's about 10 years. Okay, 10 to 11 years, right? So you have about 10 years in here, all right? Okay, so 15, 10, to 10 to 12 years, all right? And that's why a lot of people say, well, what's going on in those period of time? Because, you know, hey, Paul, but, oh, I'm sorry. It's like 10 years between Acts 9 and Acts... Yeah, it's, it's, 10, it's 10 years. Because Acts eight, 7 and 8 is one year-ish. And then it's like about 10, 11 years to get to Acts 13. You can check it out with the little dates in your Bible, but that, you can actually chart it out also what's, what's said there. All right, What's happening in those 10 years after Stephen? Well, you have the writer of Hebrews going, Hey, guys, you know, we have a chance. May have heard some stuff about Paul, but by the way, Paul, when he was preaching, even in his early ministry after Acts 13, what did Paul think was going to happen in his lifetime? The rapture. So he didn't think this was going to last either. He thought that God's going to. I mean, Israel still has a chance. What did? Paul, why did Paul go and say, you know, that like for it, it, you know, to the to the Jews first and then to the Greeks? Why did he say, I mean, he said three times in the book of Acts, now, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So he basically goes, and, or, or something like that, in a phrase of that fact. Well, because Israel still had a chance. God wasn't, you know, God hadn't necessarily broke all the branches off yet. That's what See, Paul shows you the finality of it. Those branches are broke off. Israel's been set aside for a season, right? And now until the Gentiles become in, then, after that, then it's back with Israel again, right? They'll be able to go and rest. But that generation, Peter, James, and John, and all those thousands were saved at Pentecost, and through the, through the months and that year afterwards, there's thousands. Look at it says in Acts chapter 21. Go to Acts 21. Acts 21, verse 18, start there. This is in Jerusalem. Paul went down to Jerusalem. He had been... He'd been saying he's going to go there, and when he got there, he was told there's going to be problems, and there were problems. But in verse 18, in the day following, in the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. So he was going down to Jerusalem. He went in to see James, and all the elders were present. And these are all believers. I mean, they are. Um, in the the Jerusalem church down there. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which, what? Believe, Believe, and they are all zealous of the law. So they're not grace believers, but okay. But they they are kingdom saints, right? They are part of that. And he says, look at me, thousands believe. Hebrews writer is writing to these folks, as well as those who weren't there. If there's thousands there that are believed, you know, a big group, right? There's also many, 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 many other thousands that are elsewhere, and they're trying to be encouraged to to do, you know, not miss, as the writer of Hebrews says, the boat. Because he uses the other analogy a little later on about Noah and about the issues you need to get in the boat. All right? you need to get through it. You need to hope then. You need to be you need to be consi- you need to be working uh, to to, to, to uh, for, for for what God wants. So anyways, this so, the, so we're talking about a generation. So when he says go to, now go go to Hebrews three. We don't have much time now, but Hebrews three. It's not too loud yet, so although I think I hear kids coming down steps, so I going to go out here quick. So let's go to chapter four, verse one. That's don't miss it. I mean you know let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of left us of entering into his rest, any of you should come, to seem to come what? Short of, right? For unto us was the gospel preached. Now, what was the gospel preached? Okay, it's a different gospel. As well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. What's that gospel? the gospel is not a, the gospel of what Christ did or anything like that. It's the good news... Of going into rest. So Israel had a chance to rest back here. Israel has a chance to rest again, which would be the kingdom. I'm sorry about my writing. That was awful. Okay. But that would be the kingdom. Same, same gospel, good news. Israel, we have a chance to go to rest. You have, as a, as, a, as a generation, you have a chance to, to, to go into rest. Okay, verse 3. For which we for we, for we which have believed do enter into rest. So they are entering into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works, and this place again, so somewhere else in Scripture, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter in therein, and they do... And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. What he's saying is that, that there's still a day of rest forward. Just because it didn't happen, then it can happen. But they need to, again, not be in unbelief. Verse 8 says, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he, have not, he, he not afterward have spoken of another day? When he's talking about Jesus talk, not giving rest, he's talking about back to Moses. He's talking about that day. That was Jesus talking to them. All right, They didn't know it, but that's who was talking to them. So the issue is there is a, there's a day of rest. So let's don't... That's what verse 9 says. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. You're not the people of God. Israel is the people of God. That's what they're called. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from, from his. I think this is interesting. These two verses next. For he that has entered into his rest... He also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us there let us what? So we gotta work. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna rest, but we gotta work. And we got and so therefore to enter into that rest, lest let any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So don't go back to that same unbelief. So what was their unbelief? They just didn't trust God. They did not trust God. They didn't trust you know you know, there was there was a hard thing happening and they you know, there's no water. It's hot out. We don't have, you know, we haven't, we don't, we're, we're tired of this manna. All things like complain, 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 unbelief. Israel, in order to enter into, you know, by the way, that was a, um, this was a, a testing, right? It was 40 years. Israel has another testing as a nation. It's seven years. It's a tribulation. So he's talking about in order to get in the rest, they need to get through that tribulation. Okay. If they have unbelief you know, they may not make it. If they have sin, they may not make it. Okay, they're not going to walk into it. They're going to they're gonna fall. They're going to fell. They're, gonna, they're not going to be protected. We'll uh, pick this up next time since it's about 1030. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your love and grace. We thank you, Lord, for your gifts. Thank you, Lord, for just your word. And just help us, Lord, to understand that. We praise you, Lord, for these things. Lord God, in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the High Bandwidth Word podcast, Transformative Studies in the Word of God. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please subscribe, like, and comment. This podcast is available on many podcast platforms. Just search on the title. Now, until next time, fight the good fight of faith, and God's best to you.